Welcome to the AEM Education and Training Podcast from the Society of Academic Emergency Medicine and the AEM Education and Training Journal. I'm your host, Dr. Gita Pensa, and this is what we've got for you today. Residency programs have been called upon to educate their residents to become socially competent emergency physicians, but specific instruction is often lacking. Today we're talking about a new paper in AEM Education and Training entitled Bridging the Gap, Development of an Experiential Learning-Based Health Disparities Curriculum. First author, Dr. Holly Coretta Wire, is here to discuss it with us. Dr. Coretta Wire is Associate Residency Program Director for the Stanford University Emergency Medicine Residency Program, Director of Evaluation and Assessment, and EPA CBME Implementation Lead for the Stanford University School of Medicine. We're so excited to have her here to discuss this paper. Don't forget to read the full text of this article, available open access for a limited time from the publisher. Hello, Dr. Coretta Wire. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Okay, so your paper addresses education around health disparities. And I'm just wondering if before we get into the paper, you could talk about what we know about the care of marginalized groups in the emergency department as things stand uh, in 2022. Sure. Um, I think all of us practicing in emergency medicine have a pretty keen sense that patients receive um, not necessarily wildly disparate care, but just very different care and have very different health outcomes, more related to the zip code they live in um, and, you know, upstream social determinants of health than necessarily any of the care that we provide. Um, And a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, incorporating those social determinants of health into the care that they receive um, and thinking about the zip code that they come from Mm -hmm. um, and the resources that they will have when they leave the emergency department. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we get focused on the medicine and we kind of often forget or don't necessarily know what to do about the social determinants of health um, or how to provide that culturally competent care in the ED um, for every population that we encounter. Okay. So was there, just out of curiosity, was there an inciting event that made you wish to design this curriculum? Or was this just like a general awareness of the need? It was probably more of a general awareness of the need. I will say this all started in when I was a president. So this has been a while um, that I've been thinking about this. And it was really this idea that everyone always said, you know, so I trained at the University of Wisconsin, you know, Madison's not super diverse. Um, You know, you don't see a lot of, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And actually I took a step back and said, there are a lot of patient populations here that actually are quite diverse, maybe not in everyone's traditional sense of how they think about diversity, but there is a lot here that I would have benefited so greatly from knowing how to address and how to access resources and how to communicate people, communicate with patients in a culturally competent competent way um, or a sensitive way that I just didn't know. I had no idea. And I felt like I was failing my patients a lot of the time because I was just not equipped or prepared to take care of them in the way they needed to be taken care of. So your paper discusses recent calls for residency programs to have opportunities 
to educate residents to become socially competent emergency physicians. So can you tell us about that and why intern orientation was targeted as the ideal time to begin this education? Yeah. So, you know, I thought to myself, when would this have been the most helpful for me? Um, And when would I have been probably the most open and hungry to know this? Um, And, you know, you come into intern orientation, you want to know everything about the program that you've just entered, the place that you've started. Um, And I think you are just so enthusiastic and interested in really learning about your patient population. Um, And so, and I thought, you know, they're starting to work a few shifts in the emergency department during internal orientation. They're going to be seeing these patients. How do we give them this education in a way that is front-loaded so that they can actually use this throughout residency? I do think there's benefit to having follow-up longitudinal curricula around this as well. But I think, you know, we really want to introduce them to their patient population as part of intern orientation and make it very clear that this was just as important as them learning how to put in a central line, just as important as them learning how to take care of a patient with chest pain, Um, and that we cared just as much about taking care of our patient population and their specific needs as the general emergency medicine. Okay, wonderful. All right. So we are going to get into experiential learning. Yeah. So what is what is experiential learning and why is it recommended as an approach when addressing this particular topic? Sure. So experiential learning is learning through reflection on doing. It means you actually have to get in there and have experiences um, with the curriculum and with the, the content that you're being taught and then really reflect on what you've learned and what you've done. Um, And so we wanted to include it as much as we could um, so that our residents would be immersed in, um, you know, the patient populations they were going to take care of. You know, we always say walk a mile in somebody's shoes. We wanted them to kind of get some of that experience um, through really embedding themselves and immersing themselves within the community and with the patients they were going to be taking care of, particularly when they're kind of out and healthy and, you know, you get a, a look at the day in their life. Okay, so you sought to develop and pilot an intern orientation curriculum to introduce the, and I'm going to quote your paper, the social determinants of health and the unique health disparities encountered by our ED patient population using an experiential learning approach within a previously defined curriculum development framework. Okay, so tell us a little bit about the development process for this curriculum and what were your goals and your objectives? Sure. So um, everyone uh, in education knows um, the current framework. So thinking about, you know, your general needs assessment, your targeted needs assessment, and really our initial kind of goals in the development process were how do we figure out what's already out there? And then thinking about what specifically our residents are comfortable with and uncomfortable with, um, and then who our community partners would be. Um, So how do we figure out how to connect the need with the patient population. Um, And so, you know, once we kind of were able to identify the patient populations our residents were significantly less comfortable with and encountered on a regular basis, then we were like, well, how do we um, get them more familiar with these various patient populations and their perspectives on healthcare, the disparities they face, their unique needs, and then how do we help them connect the dots and identify hospital and community resources for these patient populations when they come into the emergency department. Um, 
you know, the things that we often, you know, you turn to, to social worker case management and say, hey, can you help me with this? Are we able to to make it very clear that there are certain things that are out in the community that they would be able to connect with the unique needs of the patient population they're taking care of? Okay. So you next described the implementation phase. Um, tell us about what happened here and about your evaluation process. Sure. So this is the fun stuff, right? Like you get yeah. in there and you actually do the curriculum. Um so we, um, taking our targeted needs assessment said, you know, there's a lot around cultural competence that our residents are uncomfortable. They're really uncomfortable with patients who don't speak English as their primary language. Um, LGBTQ patients, a lot of, you know, this will resonate particularly after the pandemic, you know, patients who are violent in the emergency department. Um, and then, you know, people who have substance abuse issues, cognitive and physical disabilities, mental illness. I mean, these are patient populations that some of whom are more prevalent in specific, um, you know, emergency department populations, depending upon where you live. Again, coming back to that zip code phenomenon. Uh, But then some of these were, you know, very broad populations that all of us encounter. And so we met with each of these groups uh, in the community and basically just said, our residents would like to know how to best meet your um, your needs when you come into the emergency department and the things that you perceive as barriers to um, receiving optimal emergency care. Um, and we would like to do that in an active way at minimum, but an experiential way when available. And so we put together, you know, moderated panel discussions, um, workshops, is um, interactive site visits where we would take our residents and actually take them to places where um, these patients lived. And again, um, were on a general day-to-day basis, particularly when they were, you know, well, because we often only see them when they're very seriously ill in the emergency department. So I'm going to give an example. We have a very specific patient population in um, Madison, Wisconsin, that has um, cognitive disabilities um, and physical disabilities that actually are still um, housed um, in um you know, kind of a managed care facility and all of their patients come to the emergency department and people were very, residents were very uncomfortable with um, knowing what resources were available to them when they went back home um, and when they could be discharged from the hospital. Um, And so we actually took them to the facility to see, you know, the resources the patients have and to kind of, again, walk a day in their shoes and figure out what is it like here? Um, You know, they bring them into the emergency department. We see them when they're sick, but what resources do they have when they're home? What is the setup? Um, what can we expect, um, you know, when we're able to discharge them from the hospital? Um, and what don't they have? Um, so what do I need to think about, you know, being able to send them home with? Or when do they need to come into the hospital when they don't have access to something? Hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's talk about your outcomes and results. What can you tell us? So um, the residents loved this. Um, it's fairly easy to implement um, because when you get the community involved. And most community members are really invested in having a better experience in the emergency department and really love the um, ability to talk to physicians, particularly residents, when they just started training um, because they view them as moldable and you know able to really open themselves up and hear um, you know, the, the different perspectives of the patients that they're going to be taking care of um, and willing to incorporate a lot of that into their practice, particularly early on. And then they kind of see the benefit of it going, you know, forward. We did a an initial kind of, you know, tell me, 
you know, does your comfort increase? Does your familiarity with the resources increase? Um, and then also, you know, tell me what you learned. Tell me what you learned as part of this um, of this uh, curriculum is, you know, each of the sessions. Um, and then we did one year later and you said, you know, how has this impacted your practice? How is, how is this helpful to you? And, um, you know, not surprisingly, you know, this is, again, a pilot study. It was more looking at feasibility um, and kind of the innovation. The residents really enjoyed it. They learned a lot. They felt like um, they got a lot of resources out of this to be able to provide care to um, the different patient populations that they were encountering in the emergency department. And they were much more comfortable with taking care of them and they felt like they were they were taking care of them in a way that actually was meaningful for each of those patients, um, not just from a medical perspective, but from, again, that social determinants of health perspective. Um, and they felt like a year later, they're like, actually, I'm really glad I had this during internal orientation. I'm really glad that, um, you know, these resources were available to me. And I felt like I was able to really meet patients where they were at, um, which honestly was my biggest goal in all of this. Um so, you know, they, they really enjoyed it. I think, um, and the community partners were so invested in the process um, and willing to volunteer their time to really, again, meet with the residents um, and, and have that kind of the dialogue, have those experiences. Um, and it was really great to see the residents reflect on, on how, how that mattered to them in their clinical practice. That's fantastic. All right. So what should readers of your paper or listeners to this podcast, what should they come away with here? Yeah. So uh, I am going to point you to the paper because I do think that it's really helpful to look at those tables, particularly thinking about the curriculum development piece mm -hmm. and um, the di different examples of the, the sessions that we used. Mm -hmm. And I think I almost use, say to use that as like a rip out. It's like a resource um, because each of you is going to have a unique patient population that you see in your emergency department. It is not going to be the same as the University of Wisconsin. And I've subsequently been at Oregon Health and Sciences in Stanford, different mm -hmm. patient populations. This would look different at each of those sites. It will look different at your site. So I want you to view this as like a toolkit. This is like a way to think about how can I implement something similar in my shop where I reach out to community leaders um, and partners and implement this for my residents? What can this look like in a way that's feasible for me? Um, and again, low cost, but high yield. Um, so that's how I want, that's what I want people to take away from this. I want you to use it as a toolkit to really kind of say, I can do this at my shop. It's not going to be terribly difficult um, and provide that to your residents. Okay. Uh, do you have any related projects in the works? So I've had residents um, do kind of targeted, more targeted, more focused um, curriculum development around similar um, topics, particularly um, at Stanford. Um, and, you know, I have pivoted uh, as far as my, my program of research is for competency-based education assessment um, and residency selection right now, but um, I've still I'm still mentoring residents in looking at how we implement curricula to address specific patient population needs, um, because I think we all know that there are so many, um, again, upstream social determinants of health that result in patients being in the emergency department and having suboptimal experiences or, you know, being lost to follow up or having to come back um, and being frustrated with the system and not having the outcomes that we would want them to have. Um, and so we're always looking for looking for those needs and trying to find ways to meaningfully address them. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us about this paper. Everybody, please go do read the paper. Look at the tables. Uh, Dr. Coretta Wire, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this month's AEM Early Access. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes at AEM Early Access, all one word. Don't forget to read the full text of this article, available open access from the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal for a limited time. Today's music is by Scott Holmes. I'm Gita Pensa, and we'll see you next time.